Coming to you live this morning from the Mushroom Kingdom, WKBAGC. Wait, WKBAG? Yeah, that's it. Uh, Wario K. Rule, Bowser, Andros Gannon. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, you know the quarantine's getting long in the tooth if I can't remember my own fucking <laughs> made up radio station's name. Uh, you're listening to Video Games, a comedy show. I am your host, Claire Redfield, and I've got guns. <laughs> And I'm ready to fight zombies in this brand new adventure starring Jill Valentine. <laughs> Resident Evil 3 Remake is out. It's out and it's proud and it's loud and it's ready to um, it's ready to uh, be played by those who want to, I guess. Uh, we're going to cover it here on this episode. I have only one member of the Zoo Tycoon crew here with me today, and that is, of course, the lovely Michael McCaller. The only one you need on a Resident Evil day, baby. <laughs> and then imagine that sound effect played and wow what a sound effect it really dovetails <laughs> um so i would of course never have anyone else on an episode that is resident evil centric right other than you i mean this is a it's becoming a yearly thing now i feel like once mm-hmm. a year Around this time, we get by the old computer and we just lay down a couple of vocal tracks. We gather around. Ta- <laughs> we, we talk shit about a game that's supposed to be scary, but we do nothing but giggle and have joy about. <laughs> yeah, it, and truly, it is one of the most joyful events that the year brings us oh, yeah. is an annualized Resident Evil remake. Which it sounds like is Capcom's plan now. Wouldn't that be great? I think they, I feel like I remember reading an article that said they wanted to annualize Resident Evil, Mm -hmm. and it looks like they're doing it. It looks like they're doing it? Yeah. What (laughs) happened? (laughs) I don't know if that was uh, uh, a technical glitch on my end, or I just stopped thinking. Oh yeah, uh, no, I have no idea. It's, it's yeah, right, it's, right down the middle, probably. Uh, it sounds like Resident <laughs> Evil Eight is uh, <laughs> is happening next year anyway. Yeah, and so we can and we can excited. definitely. I'm we're definitely excited, and we can definitely talk about this. Um, but first, I do want to mention a couple things. One is we're recording remotely. I sometimes forget to remind the listener that that's what's happening. Mm. Obviously, it's we're in the middle of COVID-19. No one is allowed to see each other. So we have to record remotely. If the quality sounds a little pish posh applesauce, you know exactly why. Also, um, we've been doing two episodes a week. And at this rate, we'll have nothing left to talk about by the end of the pandemic. <laughs> Video games will have been covered by us uh, very thoroughly, and there will be no topics left to talk about. But Wouldn't it be cool to just download like the monster file with all of the Video Games A Comedy Show uh, uh, albums? Yes, <laughs> and, and it's just like that's just video games, right? That's, that's just, just everything. That was all the video games through 2020, from 1980 to 2020. That was all the video games. <laughs> yeah, we should put something out on vinyl, don't you think? I think so. 
Yeah, like for, maybe for the like, collectors, right? Like maybe like all of the space solaces on vinyl. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. So, McCaller, you know, this is probably going to be a shorter episode just because we're only going to be talking about Capcom's Resident Evil Three remake. We we probably won't be covering any other games. I don't know why there's anything else we could talk about. That, to be honest with you, there's actually nothing else to talk <laughs> about right now. Um, and and no offense to games like Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal, we just talked about them already. <laughs> Uh, but I do want to hear what you've been playing, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I have been keeping up on Animal Crossing, and that's it. It's that in mm-hmm. Resident Evil Three. Wow. Okay. So not even yeah. dipping your toes into a little. Um, I don't know. A little. Uh, what's on Game Pass right now? Freaking uh, the new Will of the Wisps. Yeah, I, I <laughs> Ori. did. I did try playing that first Ori again, and I love that game. It's just I can't. I, there's something about that game that makes me incapable of sinking time into it. Oh. It doesn't have anything like really pulling me in. Now, is it a Metroidvania? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. What about okay? What about the new one? I've heard people like this new one. Yeah, uh, people love it. People love the first one. There's okay. This is going to sound very mean. Mm-hmm. There's there's a dollar store toy kind of feel to Ori. Gotcha. It just feels like like the it the first game opens with a very emotional thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I don't feel connected. It just feels like somebody who oh this is so mean. It just feels like somebody who doesn't really care is just like oh, this is a thing that people will connect to emotionally. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like the same executives who came up with Poochie on The Simpsons. Exactly. Yes. So it's like, got, what it's got a Poochie. Like uh, how about this Ori? Maybe uh, you guys want to go with Ori? Okay. It yeah, is funny that on. they would say like what what are kids into? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, emotional deaths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have never played an Ori Blind Forest or a Will of the Wisps because it's a um, they're Microsoft games. And they did come to Switch, but twenty dollars? Oh, Mama Jamma, no way! <laughs> I'm I, I got that twenty dollars. Uh, put in my saving. I'm saving that twenty dollars for something uh, I care about already. Ice cream, ice cream. So how about how about streaming? Have you been streaming that Res Three? I okay. Here's what happened to me streaming wise. Mm-hmm. I streamed it the second it unlocked on Xbox Live and played mm-hmm. maybe the first hour on stream. And then I was just like, no, I want to keep this to myself. I want to just like gotcha. take it in. I was like reading all the notes and like reading them out loud ostensibly for stream viewers. Right. I was like, I don't want to do this. I want to just sit and kind of revel in it. And so I went offline and spent the next day playing it all on my lonesome. I think that was the right move. I think yeah. that was yeah I think it's always the right move to you know take time for yourself first before yeah. you, before before the fans you know <laughs> well, especially when something that means this much to me right which you know and we can talk about that a little bit I guess when we jump into the main part of the episode but I mean like this means such a great deal to you right yeah it really does yeah um you know, same, but I feel like maybe even to a less ex- a lesser extent. I don't know. Uh, for me, like uh, I, I love Resident Evil. I grew up with the series. I'm a huge fan of it. Mm-hmm. But McCaller, I mean, you just got us all beat. You know, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm basically, let me just say this: I'm glad Final Fantasy VII isn't your game because you don't. You probably be kicking my ass at being a fan of that too. <laughs> I think we said this on the last uh, video games 
a, a comedy show episode I was on, but I feel like you have a healthy big fan relationship yeah. with Resident Evil, and I'm like chasing a feeling that I <laughs> <Yeah>. had <laughs> as a child. Yeah, this is like when I listened when I listened to Newfound Glory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm chasing a feeling. Yeah, <laughs> that, that our real lives like that, like exacerbate what's really missing in our lives today. Right, which is probably people and and mm-hmm. uh, and and connections, joy, joy, yeah. yeah. Well, so we should probably get into a little bit of the news before we get started. You know, yeah. just just why not? So pretend I played the news sound effect, uh-huh. <laughs> and now we're here. So let's talk about this Resident Evil Eight announcement because this we haven't talked about this on the main show. This this mm-hmm. kind of uh, dropped not that long ago, but they're planning on doing an eight along with. In in eight, they will have like what was it? Three stalkers kind of yeah. chasing after you. So this is this was a leak that um, came out. A guy who has apparently I don't know. There's sort of sort of this uh, litmus test that you give leakers online to say whether or not they are going to be mm-hmm. right or not. This guy apparently has a pretty good track record. He's leaked stuff before, so. His name right. is Dusk Dus Gollum. But yeah, the Dusk story Gollum. is that Capcom had been working on Resident Evil Revelations 3 okay. for a long time. And then were so impressed by what was coming out of it that they said this is just going to be Resident Evil 8. And apparently, this is where like the rumors that uh, came out. There was a, a rumor a while ago that it was going to feature werewolves. <laughs> uh, but then now the one we've just gotten has uh it, has reported that there will be three stalker enemies. So if we've got these stalker enemies, Mr. X from Resident Evil 2 and Nemesis from Resident Evil 3, mm. this one su- suggests there will be three of those. Yeah. And that one of them will be some sort of trickster witch. So we'll Loki <laughs> fucking around in our Resident Evil games. Wow. Which it's one of these things where it sounds so stupid on the outside, but if you had told me the plot of Resident Evil 7 mm. and I just got the bullet points of it, I'd be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Awesome. And, and, and it, you love that game. It's yeah, it's I I think it might be the best Resident Evil game. It's certainly wow. not my favorite. But I think it might be. Uh, no, that's not true. Yeah, no, I'm, doub- no, I'm doubting that. It's that would be up there. That would be like a very impressive if a seventh entry in a series was the best one. Well, it's it's. I think it's without question the best story they've ever done. That's really cool. I, I'm really excited to play it because that was done in the RE engine, correct? Yes. Okay, so that was the first one. That was the done. first one. Yep. Great. So I have played most of the other games in the that engine. Except hmm. that game. It's so, just the three Resident Evils and then what? Devil May Cry? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Which I don't know if you play that Devil May Cry, but well, wah wah wee wah. That's pretty. <laughs> it's, it's very good. Uh, so Resident Evil Eight, we have we have that to look forward to. I also heard in that same leak that it was going to be in first person again. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about that? I like it. Okay. It works for you. It doesn't. You don't have to be looking at the the you know leon's the back of leon's uh uh hair yeah i don't need to see that body you don't you need to see the back of carlos's hair (laughs) i do like looking at carlos's hair it feels like a an intricate painting that you could get lost in visually 
Yeah, it definitely feels like something out of a different situation <laughs> than what Carlos is in. But I, yeah, so I, 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 I will get back to you after Resident Evil 7 and let you know if I'm excited about 8 being first person. Okay. Because I don't know, I just can't even imagine it right now. Well, there was that little bit of first person in 3. There was, the very was beginning. Was that Karin for you? It was. It was. Yeah. It was a little bit like, uh-oh, what is this? And then I was like, phew, thank God. Oh. She has a body. <laughs> I thought it was a floating eyes. <laughs> uh, no, it was It was fine. I do think that when I think of Resident Evil, though, you know, I'm, I'm one of these... I'm an old salt stuck in his ways. I, I think of a third person experience, a fixed camera. Yeah. And if it not, and if not that, then give me a, a snap to the back sort of mm-hmm. uh, or I want to drive my character like a race car. <laughs> I will say that's the thing for me. Like if, if I had my choice, it, I would go for fixed camera, which I know mm. is never going to happen, at least in the main series ever again. That's over. Yeah. But then they all kind of like, what a first-person perspective tells me about Resident Evil 8 is that it probably won't be zombies, because I feel like that kind of, like, grabbing and, like, moving around and, like, the sticky enemies that you get in a mm-hmm. uh, Resident Evil 2 and 3 remake don't really function in first-person. Yeah. It would be so too, it would be like a little shitty to like be getting grabbed and then like your whole camera has to move to look at the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like it would be almost unfair to have them like at least in the third person view you can kind of see where they are around you and dodge. You're just like not as nimble with your vision. Yeah. When you're in first person. You know, I I'm going to I'm not going to lie. I think first person might be my least favorite point of view mm. in a game. Of of the two, <laughs> I I just I like seeing my Mario. You know, now sure. if you put me in Mario's eyes, I'd be like, uh, may, maybe. <laughs> Can you imagine every time you had to do a backflip in Mario sixty four, you were just like the camera just was like fucking bananas, and you're just like swinging over and over and over. <laughs> How did they do that in the um uh, the Mirror's Edge? A good question. I don't know. We were kind of talking about that. Or Hearn was talking about that on the Doom Eternal episode, how he liked Mirror's Edge, first-person platforming. And I, I actually I never played that game. But in Doom Eternal, it works okay. I like first-person platforming uh, pretty okay. Mm. The N64, I think, was like the biggest first-person platforming system. That's like, if you didn't like first-person platforming, you should not have gotten an N64. Because it I was like every game. <laughs> Metroid Prime is my big first-person platform. Yeah, oh, this can feel one. real nice. Yeah. And that did feel good. God, that, that felt good. Yeah. Well, is there any other news that we need to get out of the way before we just jump right into Resident Evil 3? I can't imagine. I can't even imagine what it would be. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, let's jump into it. So Resident Evil 3 Remake is a follow-up to the Resident Evil 2 Remake that came out last year. It's in the same engine. It's featuring Jill Valentine. It is a... I'm going to say it is a 60% faithful remake to the original game. Would you say that's fair? 60%? If you count everything that's changed, everything that's missing, about 40% is gone or different. That is tough for me to say, just because I was thinking about it in terms of like, 
I would be fascinated to sit down with whoever was in charge of deciding what was in this game and what wasn't. Right. <laughs> because it feels like they were handed the bullet points of Resident Evil 3, and they mm-hmm. had to justify them and cut parts that like didn't add to that, those bullet points. Right. And so therefore, like I could make the argument that this is 100% faithful, but just like around the bones. Yeah, around the edges of it, you think? Yeah. So like if you were to look at it like um Well, it's hard. I mean, when you look at 2 remake and you look at 3 remake, which one do you think more faithfully adapts its predecessor or do you think they both are the same? They both do. Because I would say two to me for me feels like a ninety percent faithful remake, like adaptation or remake. I'm on board with that, but I also mm-hmm. feel like the shifts that happened in Resident Evil Three are kind of true to the spirit of Resident Evil Three. <laughs> yeah, <also>. which, <laughs> which, which, which. Let's talk about that before we get into the remake, right? So, like, what the hell is Resident Evil Three? Like, what? God, that's a, it's a great question. Yeah. It's a very <laughs> weird one. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like such a side story. It's like the yeah. other two games have had two campaigns and both uh, I I feel like I've made this point before but like I think the smartest thing Resident Evil 2 did, the original Resident Evil 2 was introduce new characters that we've never seen before. Yeah. And just make like we had through Claire like the link to the last game but like the world just felt so expansive that there were other characters to do this. So for three to not only just have one campaign, but also to go back to Jill Valentine, right. it felt like this weird backward step. But also it's like they were experimenting more so with that game than they did with Code Veronica, which came out a year later and on a whole new, more powerful system. Right. Like it, it was very much their intention with three to make it more like action focused and to have you like making more choices about combat. That's where like the gunpowder stuff kind of comes from. Yeah. Which is, which is a big part of the original is like always mixing (laughs) gunpowders. But then like it gives you that agency to decide how you want to fight. Yeah. Which which therefore tells you that fighting is a big deal. I would argue in the first two games, you're like actively encouraged not to fight. Oh, for sure. And I would say that dodging zombies is more to your advantage than yes. than shooting and killing the zombies. And I would say that not until you get to the lab in Resident Evil One does the enemies even pretend to be aggressive, really. Like mm. Like the other, the enemy, most of the enemies are like slow and mm-hmm. pay and paced out. Whereas like, it's not until you get to the end when you get like the fucking, or the hunters are in the basement, right? Or in the lab, right? Hunters come in your first revisit to the mansion. Once you get that helmet key out in the residence. Yeah. Okay. Because so there's a famous scene that is referenced in three remake in a delightful way Yeah. where you are just getting back to the mansion for the first time. Mm-hmm. And you see from the first person view of the hunter, like sprinting through the courtyard and opening the door. You just went through. <laughs> That's good stuff. <laughs> Very good stuff. Okay. So yeah. So like maybe, maybe then if we were to say that the one resident evil one remake is, a hundred percent faithful. That is, uh, that's like a hundred and ten percent. It's yeah. like it 
adds it's, stuff, but they all it all feels like stuff that was or could have so easily been in the right. first one. And then two, I would say, is like in the 90th percentile. Mm-hmm. And then three, you're saying you're you're I, I'm going to say is way in my in my estimation, way less. But you're in your opinion, you're like, well, it actually captures also the vibe of it. The I vibe would say, of the I, game. So I would say, like, I agree with you, like in terms of like events and beats, like 60 to 70 percent sounds about right. Mm-hmm. But I feel like spiritually it's a 90%. Yeah, yeah. Just because so much of Resident Evil 3 was about like action and straightforward and like uh like it, it feels even if Resident Evil 2 was like a a leap in terms of how much this feels like a blockbuster movie from the first mm-hmm. one, like mm-hmm. 3 goes all the way with that. It opens up with an explosion and Jill bursts out of a room. Yeah, in in a strip <laughs> in a full-on stripper's outfit. Just like right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is like it is like um heavy metal the the movie heavy metal though not, like, <laughs> not the genre uh by the way you know i when or upon pre-ordering the game i was able to get jill's original outfit i'm sure you have it too did you play the game in jill's new outfit or original outfit yeah. oh i did i did new for half the game and then i was like I just want to do the the original is so cool in the remake to me. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I just like love the way it looks. Yeah, it 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 also doesn't look quite as weird as it did in the in the main game, like or in the original game. Like in the original game, she really does look like. What are you wearing? Like mm-hmm. that, this is truly obscene. Like you were at on a date, I guess, right before this. <laughs> but in the remake, it I don't know. It it made more. It may, it kind of like looks like it makes more sense, but I don't know. There, I I haven't been able to put my finger on what exactly it is, but it feels like everything in this and two remake is kind of like that. It's still doing the same things. Mm-hmm. Like she's still wearing a tube top, and uh, well, she's wearing a skirt now instead of a uh, skirt, which is a big deal to a lot of men online. I'll tell you that. <laughs> there are is, reaction are videos. Are they happy? Are they People. like? Are they very happy about <laughs> Thank the change? God, there are less panties in my Resident Evil game. <laughs> yeah. That would be my YouTube reaction video. I was refreshed that she, yeah. we didn't have to put up with that. But like, because also like Jill to us is a hero, you know, right? Like, um, not unlike you know Captain America or something. It's like there's, some, you know, right? There's something, and I was actually just playing the Resident Evil One remake, and Jill's breasts jiggle a lot in the and it was like remake. Yeah. Oh my. Oh my. In a word. way that was like I hadn't noticed before, and was just like kind of upset about it. I was like, I'm it made me realize right how. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring it up and make you uncomfortable. No, it's like I'm. I'm I have the vapors. <laughs> <laughs> She's just such an unsexual character. I was just gonna say, I think everyone in these. I, I'm gonna throw Laura Croft in there for me too. Hmm. As much as they tried to sexualize these characters in the '90s. I never found them like even Psylocke. I never found these characters to be like the sexual part of them was just so much about the fighting or like Cammy. You remember Cammy from street fighter who's like outfit is basically one of those string bikinis that like barely covers your crotch. Uh Like I, I still was just like, yes, you can fight better. It's about fighting. Mm. And this is not about sex. And you can't make it about that if I don't want yeah. it to be. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like that's this weird uh uh dichotomy. Is that the right word? Sure. It's this push and pull between like the character is not presented as like a sexual character, but her but so many like choices, like 
jiggling breasts or mm-hmm. like uh i mean kind of her re- her uh, original outfit just feel like you they can't help but make a woman sexualized in a video game at that yeah. time oh for and, sure and it just like it makes me like uncomfortable and just like kind of pulled me <laughs> out of it yeah it's like what are you communicating about this character it's just like bad character work beyond being kind of sexist yes for sure uh so let's talk about the gameplay of this because i think that that's the first thing you'll probably notice mm-hmm. uh is the, maybe the, the second thing you notice uh next to like the how it looks but we'll get into maybe graphics and all that stuff a little a little bit down the road but i think Gameplay wise, so we have one big change here that I could tell. Mm-hmm. Is that is that what is that how you interpreted it? Also, yeah. Basically, you have the dodge mechanic. That's like the biggest revision from RE2 remake. Yeah. Well, and that also was an addition to the original Resident Evil Three. Uh, oh right, it, there was a dodge mechanic. That is it right. Was the, yeah. It's one of the worst mechanics in video games. Yeah, but it's how you can defeat Nemesis. Other than otherwise, you can't really. Oh, I, lo- I I should take it back. I love it in this game. In the yeah, yeah, original yeah. Resident Evil Three, it's just like it's broken. It but doesn't. Also, uh, in both correct. though, right? Like the the juking and dodging mechanic is in both, and it's like very necessary. And even though well, in the original three, it's pretty broken. In the original three, it's just like even speedrunners can't get it right. Mm, it's like mm-hmm. that random that the people who have put in thousands of hours can't get it to work. So it's like it's something you can't really rely on. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I I, I don't. Re- so I just played three back in December, mm-hmm. and for the first time, like all the way through, beat oh. it and loved it by the way, like loved every minute of it. Like I thought it was so much fun and I don't even remember the mechanic. I don't even remember like struggling with it and or using it a lot. Like yeah. I don't really remember. It was just like bound to the aim button. So it's like if you were aiming anyway, oh, you yeah. would never think to push that button otherwise. And they, I don't think they ever like teach you how to use it. It's wild. Kind of like in this though, they don't really teach you how to use the, they don't. the, ju- the juke. But it's so it's so satisfying. Yeah, I will oh, say that that's that is a cool moment dodge. when the screen goes black and white for a second, and then yeah. you, and you evade an attack, and it kind of this little um what would you call it like an AOE move where you kind of like jukes out the zombies around them too. So like if you can dodge one, you kind of dodge all of them coming at you at once, and kind of can get you can get out of a scrape pretty well. Yeah. If you use it, yeah. And you can, you can use, use it, right. it like a bunch of times, but there's just like a little bit of delay after you use it. So like there's a bit of a cost to using it. So you can't just jam the button. Yeah. Uh, when I think about playing that game, like I've been working all day. I haven't really had a chance to play it since uh, that second day when I beat it twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> all I get, like when I think about playing that game and I'm like thirsting for it, it's dodging that I think about. I want to dodge. Yeah. It's, as exciting like i think that might be the thing i like most about resident evil is dodging zombies right yeah making these horrific creatures look like fools Fools. (laughs) (laughs) yeah do you um did you notice that carlos's dodge is also different than jill's yeah so in this game we should bring up that you can play as both carlos and jill just like in the original resident evil 3 there's parts where you have to play carlos parts where you have to play jill Mm -hmm. and um mostly jill but 
one like one specific time it's carlos and i think both games right both games make you play carlos once uh this one had two carlos sections it did what were the two because i remember the one in the hospital and then you uh the revisit to the police department that's right gifted to carlos in the yes yes you're right it is uh the police department and the the hospital Mm mm-hmm and in the original game, it's just the mansion, right? The clock tower mansion. In the original game, he, uh, you take control of him in the clock tower, and then you immediately go to the hospital. And I think most of his time is in the hospital. So he's in the hospital. He's navigating that area. Yeah. Yeah. For the same okay. reason, he's got to get Jill the vaccine. That's right, because he's the only. He's the only. Oh, and I remember that very. That so speaking of sexism, that was a very sexist part of that game resident evil 3 where he's the only one strong enough to move that barrier (laughs) (laughs) out of the way of the door so that's how you get to the hospital it's also fun that umbrella just had umbrella extra bells yes around (laughs) yeah it's a spare bell for their clock tower bell like no one ever has a spare bell for those you know it's like it's like you kind of get one bell with a clock tower and if it breaks you're just like you don't have a clock tower anymore have a standing (laughs) building yeah (laughs) uh so uh, that's that's the biggest thing I think mechanically is that you have this dodge mechanic. I will say that on top of that though, this game is like this game is more action oriented. I will give it that, but I, I don't think it is. I don't think it's so much more action oriented than two remake. I think that it's depending on how you play either game, you can actually dodge quite a bit of zombies or use a carefully placed red barrel and. Mm-hmm clear out areas pretty sufficiently i shot my gun i think more in two just because i think two is quite a bit longer and i think you actually get more guns in two like i got i got like two or i got three guns the whole time i played three i know there's a fourth one and maybe even more than Mm -hmm. that but in my first playthrough i only got three and i also i haven't dug too deep into this but there's a lot of um modifications for your guns yes and there's like some cool modifications for the world around you too right oh what do you mean like uh like you can't you get like a modification that like just slowly like refills your health and oh after your first playthrough yeah yeah that's what i mean oh you mean modifications to your guns oh it's like a scope yes that's right yeah you can get like a scope because you found a a a modification to a gun you didn't have right Uh uh-huh i found like a long (laughs) magnum barrel and i was like uh great i'll throw this at somebody yeah yeah stick yeah i wonder where the magnific uh the magnum is i did end up getting the magnum on my second where where was it it's in the hospital Oh, there's mm-hmm. this, uh, and I remember seeing it my first time through. There's the like courtyard, courtyard where there's like one box that like stares at you, and I just how never. How did you out get to it. that? I, I mean, I googled it first of all. Mm-hmm. I was just tired of not cool because I told you uh, in my second playthrough I forgot the shotgun, <laughs> which is pretty important. Yeah, and this game has a, a like. Resident Evil 2 is this labyrinth that keeps like winding in upon itself. Like Resident Evil 3 is kind of a straight line. It's a straight line, yes. Once you beat a certain section of the game, Jill like closes a shutter and it's just like you're never going back to that area. Mm-hmm. So once I forgot the shotgun, I was like, uh, uh, I have to find the Magnum now. Right. And there's a, a section where when you're playing as Carlos in the hospital, 
where like you try to turn left down a hall and he goes, ain't no way I'm fitting through that. And then oh, you just go on. Oh, Jill can fit through it. Jill can fit through there. Yeah. She does one of those uh, Tomb Raider reboot kind of like comes in close and the camera pulls mm-hmm. into her and she like scurries through and then you can just right there hop yeah she just scrapes her shoulder on a rusty nail and gets tetanus I think there's like a pool of blood that she like belly crawls through it's uh, real disgusting yeah so let's talk about how it looks i think it looks pretty much just like resident evil 2 remake and i think mm-hmm. that's a that's it's that's one of its biggest strengths i think that yeah. this game's biggest strength actually is the way that it looks i think it looks incredible i think every every face looks insane (laughs) i think that i agree with most people uh that i've seen and heard on podcasts and online that carlos's hair is a big problem (laughs) and i don't (laughs) i don't know what they were thinking but did you switch his hair to his classic hair you could switch it i didn't though i kept that hair i like his new hair a lot Okay. <laughs> His Mr. Satan hair from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I haven't watched Dragon Ball Z, but yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he, it's, like uh, a, it's kind of like a Dylan, Bob Dylan haircut or something. I could see a Dylan haircut. Like a shaggy Dylan. Yeah, but it's big though. It's poofy. It's very big. Yeah. I tried to switch to his classic hair for my second playthrough and mm-hmm. couldn't get it done. Is it just not good? It's gross looking. Yeah, yeah. Did you put Jill in her original costume? Her like well, re one costume. I guess this is a spoiler. Can we assume that anybody who's listening to this has played through it? Oh yeah, you've uh, got to ha- have played through it. Also, it's like spoiling something that's thirty five years old too. No, not, <laughs> not that old, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, this is like a new surprise that I can't remember. I think it was in the original, but like if you beat the game, you unlock this item shop, and you can buy stuff based on your points and that's right. where you get like, those coins that you referenced before that's what that, i was like, talking refill about your health and like but some one of the things too, you can get right? is jill's classic stars uniform right and that's what i will be playing this game in from now on oh yeah for sure yeah no i but that looks that awesome. is that is what i bought with my my money <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> yeah i was like give me that outfit right now and i got i got that and i got a healing coin because i spent most of that game like being on caution and being like, I guess I could use a first aid spray, but I don't feel good uh, about it. Yeah. It is sort of admitting defeat when you have to use those first aid sprays, which I did twice in the game, and I felt mm. shitty about it. I yeah. felt bad the whole time. Also, I don't know why you would save in this game. Is Now, is it like in RE2 Remake where on hard you get the ink ribbons and all that stuff? Because this game auto-saves, so why would you ever use a typewriter? Okay, that's a great question. And I saved a lot. Yeah, I did too. I it's saved like, every time my, I found my one. first few times. Like I saved like 30 or 40 times just because there was like no cost to it. Right. I think the autosave might be a longer time. Hmm. Maybe. Like it, it autosaves on like events versus like I would do the thing a lot where I would like oh, thank God, I finally found a safe room and I would save and then I would like redo my inventory and mm-hmm. then I would save again. Save again, <laughs> so yeah. Like for yeah. sure be ready to just dip out of that room. Yeah, yeah, leave it behind. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I did some very much similar stuff where I would run into a save room, I would fix my inventory, like, heal up and then save and mm-hmm. and also feel like should i is this good did i did, is my inventory looking good right now uh, <laughs> i'm just gonna go with it yeah 
so yeah, I think I think again the way that the game looks is pretty amazing. Like some of those some of those early on areas I thought were pretty outstanding. Like the the shops, like when you're in the city, when you're in Raccoon yeah. City, that stuff just looked all very neon. Yeah, it, I feel like it's very colorful. Yeah, it felt like France. It felt like we were in Paris <laughs> or something. Like Raccoon City took on this like it's always to me felt very urban, like Detroit or something. Mm-hmm. But in this game, it, it had a little bit more of a, I don't know, a playful attitude to mm-hmm. it, like marionette attitude. Like where like you feel like the, the toy store has this giant head of a weirdo <laughs> on it. You know, it's like pretty insane. What yeah, do you think? Moon's you think? Donuts is like yeah. this uh, vibrant, like beautiful sign that you just like come across and are like. All right, I guess we're in the uh, like kid version of Las Vegas. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for so, sure. Uh, it feels like we're in the entertainment district. Yeah, like especially that that, that whole area where there's like the stairs and the escalator that go down, mm-hmm. and it, it's I think it's like one of your it's like your second or third nemesis encounter happens right there, and like mm-hmm. it, it felt it has like a theme park vibe to it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so I guess the story is the other thing we should probably talk about briefly. We don't have to, I guess we don't have to spoil it, but it is essentially the same story as three, except huge chunks cut out of it. And I don't know if anything, did you notice anything like added to the story? I don't think there was a, in terms of locations, I don't think you in the original one went to a sewer at all. That's right. I don't. I don't remember sewer. And they I think replaced... that sewer is just in the Central Park area or in the park. Like that kind of felt like sewer because you were yeah. crawling around in water and stuff. And you also at the end of the original three, you go to a disposal plant that is, of course, secretly a umbrella lab. But like, right? I think it's mo- actually. I don't know if it is secretly an umbrella lab. I don't think it. I think Umbrella is. owns it or something, but it's like they're not doing anything with it. It's just a chemical disposal plant. Yeah, I also feel like the logic for why you were going to places in the original three made more sense. Like I, I remember, I remember it, like there it making sense why I was at that disposal plant at the end, mm-hmm. and that it was just a disposal plant. Like it was like because I was disposing yeah. of some. I needed to get rid of something. Oh wait, no, you do it. it I mean, in three original, you end up just going to places because you're trying to escape and you're just, and you just end up running there. from place. Yeah. But it is an umbrella thing because they have this big rail gun. Yeah, well, that you learn about that they're like right. developing. Yeah, which in the original was a stationary thing that kind of shot on its own, and in this, uh-huh. <laughs> oh boy, different. <laughs> I I think the end boss of this game is my favorite change. Hmm. I think the end boss in Resident Evil 3 original is lame and weird. And in this, it's it's perfect. It's one of yeah. my favorite end boss fights I've ever had. It's just like, it's kind of a test of skill, but it's sort of just like a celebration. <laughs> of like, <laughs> you don't have to worry too much about aiming your giant railgun. I think giving it to Jill, like putting it in her hands, yeah. is an incredible move. I, I love it. Yeah, I would say that that didn't even feel like the final boss to me i think the fight you have before 
is like to me the final boss because like you you know what I'm talking about the one in the arena yeah. where he basically Carlos is helping you and you're shooting the electricity mm-hmm. like that to me required an intense amount of focus and skill <laughs> whereas the railgun moment did feel like uh, a celebration like in Mario Odyssey like him yeah. r- him running through <laughs> uh, New Donk City that that musical area yes yeah yeah no exactly. Yeah, even though you do have to do stuff, like you do have to push stuff in and get the batteries going and shoot mm-hmm. parts of. I, like I, I blew. Well, that that's part. what I mean. It's just like a, yeah. a small encapsulation of the entire game, like a little bit of a puzzle. It's uh, yeah. that's almost exactly how it played out in the original. You had to push. You had to solve a yep. box pushing puzzle mm-hmm. <laughs> to while activate you, the railgun. Right while you were fighting Nemesis. Uh-huh. Yeah. But then also you've got to shoot like his pustules to like prove that you know how to aim your gun at this late stage mm-hmm. of the game. Yeah, I I love that end boss. Yeah, when she sticks that thing in its mouth, it's pretty great. Oh. Yeah, that thing that that's pretty great. And, it, and, and it's like you- and it's like so cathartic when it explodes and she's laying on the ground and you see all that blood just rush past her like uh-huh. a wave, like a, like like she's on the beach basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. She feels that refreshing rain, and except it's the blood of her enemies. Yeah, and I think she even laughs like in this in this way of like. Of course, I'm just now covered in this thing's <laughs> guts and stuff. Like, it's just so insane. And you get the sense that Jill also is with you, the audience, and yeah. like how insane everything is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the characterization of Jill. Well, let's talk about that. So, like, uh, let's talk about like changes and things that were removed from the game. Mm. So, there's quite a bit gone and there's quite a bit changed. I would say the mm-hmm. character of Jill in the fir- in the original didn't even exist at all like i i couldn't really tell you yeah. you had to actually know a lot about jill from the first game i think to impart any sort of context mm-hmm. because they don't really give you much at the beginning of 3 so imagine not playing 1 and then just playing 3 <laughs> like yeah. you'd be like who is this what is anything <laughs> what is anything <laughs> Uh, so I think, yeah, Jill to me was almost like, it's weird because the voice actor just portrays her like such a damsel. You know what I mean? Like not mm-hmm. tough, very like Carlos, no, you know, like mm-hmm. that, that kind of vibe. Yeah. Uh, now Jill, how'd you, what would you say the characterization is of Jill in this game? I think this Jill is like such a, uh, like interesting character because she's simultaneously like deeply wounded from her experience in Resident Evil 1. Yeah. But is still making wisecracks. <laughs> and I don't oh, know, yeah. to me that feels like a more realistic portrayal of a character. Sure. Just, just like I I feel like it would have been so easy to say like she's wounded by this and like let Carlos have all the wisecracks. Mm. Or to be like, she doesn't give a shit about what happened to her because she's so tough and badass. But she's both, like she, and which is how human beings are. Like we right. have good days and bad days. I don't know. I just felt like a very uh, like she had those two layers to her, which is one more layer than you get from any other character in media. <laughs> I think that she definitely c- carried with her a little bit of that Laura Croft vibe from the new Tomb Raiders where it's like yeah. co- like uh beaten up, broken but very like uh going to push through it anyway. Mm-hmm. Very tough but also like reasonable. Like she's not tough like Bayonetta who's like an anime character. She's yeah. she's like tough like a human who's like mm-hmm. in pain, struggling, but what 
the resilience is what is so impressive, not like the brute strength yeah. or something. What I I've said this before that like my favorite moment from the Resident Evil Two remake is very early when you like and, and you first get to the police station and you're going down your like first hallway and there's like a locker and uh, Leon says something like, "Come on, you got this, you got this, don't don't freak out." Yeah, and yeah. and Claire says something similar, like, and then you push the thing aside, and then you move on. And that to me was just this like really humanizing moment that, like, yeah. oh yeah, these are not superheroes; these are human beings who are struggling in a fucked up situation. And Jill had that moment in this game for me when she like sees Nemesis mm. for the second time, mm-hmm. and she radios Carlos, and she's like, "The thing's still alive, and it's after me." Like she yeah. says it with this like palpable horror that like. Like that feels very. Uh, it almost felt like childish. It's like this. This thing is hurting me, and why? And I don't yeah. understand. And it felt very real, and like bonded me to her in a way that was like, okay, you're somebody I care about now. I've seen your vulnerabilities. Right, <laughs> right. I think so. Here's something that I would, uh, uh, you know, because ev- eventually, I I feel like I'm gonna start to talk about some things that I didn't love about the game. And I mm-hmm. want I want you to put on a helmet and brace. <laughs> brace for it. Because I still I want to talk to you about these things, but I also, you know, as much as I did love the game, I had, a, I had some gripes. And here's one of them. Okay. So in, in the RE2 remake, we got a lot of context to some things in the original game that, like, we didn't have before. And I feel like the story with like the family, right? Sherry's family in mm-hmm. two made a lot more sense. It just like, you know, we're given more information. We're given more characterization to those characters, especially the mom and, mm-hmm. and the dad can't remember their names now, but, uh, in this game, we don't, do you, do we ever find out what nemesis, why nemesis, anything about nemesis? Do we ever find out the, the motivation for that him going after the stars? I mean, we all know it's about from Nikolai. We get that it's uh, he he's gonna sell the battle data, right? Nikolai is like working for somebody else. Who we don't yeah, know. right. Yes, but what? So, but do we ever find out? what's going on with nemesis like even in an even in like an entry in a log somewhere no i think the only thing we get is that well we get this uh uh, first of all we find out that he's been developed in europe which is cool yeah um i think we just we find out that he was developed by this european branch and sent over as like a gift to Mm. let them test but like i think the idea is that umbrella sees the stars as a threat and have sent this unstoppable thing. Like, yeah, I could have used so much more of that (laughs) in this game. Like I could have used, because if you're, what an opportunity to actually bring context and bring to light what the intentions were of that original game in this remake. And they just, it's almost like they gave us less (laughs) (laughs) in some ways. Like, I feel like, I didn't understand why he was unleashed onto the city specifically for Jill or the people of stars. Like I feel like I understood it less than I did in the original That's game. Interesting. I, f- I feel the opposite just because like, first of all, I remember playing the first, my first time through resident evil three thinking there has to be some kind of twist to nemesis. There has to be some reason he's doing this. 
Yeah, like it's because, Jill's dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember thinking it was Chris. I thought that would be like oh. a horrifying <laughs> a horrifying twist that it would be Chris, the star of the first game, and that he was less so saying stars because he had been sent <clears throat> to kill them, but he was trying to find stars because he knew they were the only ones who could kill him. Right. And he yeah, no, I think, I think that's perfect. You see, exactly what you just said that is cool? like, it would be a line even if it's buried in a diary entry somewhere mm-hmm. and then i'm like or even oh. the resident Evil movie that used nemesis like he was a character from the first movie like they had a reason like they took him and they like put him in the nemesis project yes uh i i feel like there's always been to me this calling of like i need more on nemesis mm-hmm. and what i got from this game and again maybe it's just because i have so much backstory and context mm-hmm. because we open with jill in this like conspiratorial apartment and we see her like putting together and like she's got as much as anybody's ever had of like evidence on umbrella mm-hmm. that they would send nemesis because they need to silence her she even has she has a line that read much funnier on the second time through uh-huh. where i think she like leaves a letter in case she gets killed in her apartment and it's like if umbrella has me put away or whatever they do to people like me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it turns out that Umbrella's stupid solution yeah. <laughs> to having somebody who has the dirt on them is to send the most fucked up, powerful monster they've ever made. Yeah. It's very funny. And, yeah, and the monster's also incredibly clumsy. It's like, on, on top of being fucked up and powerful, it's like a piece of shit. Like, the thing, like, <laughs> at one point, like, we laughed at, at that moment, and I think that's widely been received as like one of the better comedic moments of the game when nemesis storms out of the area you were just in (laughs) in flames and there's no reason for it and he just falls into the water so if if i added up all of the nemesis blather like blunders and stuff in the game it can only lead me to believe that they intentionally made nemesis this way Less scary than Mr. X and more stupid. Why do you think they made that change when they had a perfect nemesis in place in <sighs> RE2 Remake? Because right now, Nemesis is a scripted event. It's like it's like four or five scripted events in the game. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not dynamic at all. Yeah. So this is okay. When when I was saying like tonally, I think this is 90%. It's like I'm now that I'm thinking about it, it, this is the huge chunk. This is bringing it down to 60 or 70. Yeah. I don't understand the choice, but I think I love it. You do like it. Okay, so but why do would you prefer that system, like a scripted events or a linear system to Oh, I do, I don't prefer that. I oh, take that back. Oh, oh, oh. Gameplay-wise, I hate it and it is a thing that makes me sad that we never really got. I think we only get one area where we get Nemesis as a pursuer. Right. And uh, somebody else made this point. I can't remember who. Um, but really, Mr. X and Nemesis switched roles in the from the original to the remake. Like, mm-hmm. in Resident Evil 2 original, Mr. X is six or seven times, and he is very scripted, and he always comes at the same place. Versus in the remake, obviously, he's with you through at least half of the game. Right. And in this one, we get one... I think just one scene at the top where Nemesis is pursuing you, but other than that, he's all scripted events. Yeah. Um, I could see the point that like it would be exhausting to have to deal with Nemesis that often because he's just so overpowered. He can sprint and he can tentacle and 
I could see that being exhausting so that I maybe from a gameplay perspective, that's why you make him just mm. a boss. But like, I would rather Nemesis lose the tentacles than be not in there. Yeah, because he wasn't exhausting in the original game. And he's also not exhausting. And Mr. X isn't exhausting in RE2 remake. So yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Maybe like uh, actually turn down the powers or something. And then maybe that would have been a solution. I'll tell you yeah. this, like I, a positive thing about Nemesis is I think all the boss fights with Nemesis are perfect. Like I, the flamethrower yeah. boss fight is perfect. I think the, uh, one where he's running around the square and you have to put those mines on the buildings <laughs> is a perfect boss fight. And I love the one at the end. But he changes into Animal Nemesis so quickly that you yeah. barely... Like, for a game that was originally called Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, <laughs> you get, like, almost no Nemesis in the yeah. game. And I thought that that was, like so confusing <laughs> like like what like i i i listen to the kind of funny games people do a review on the episode mm-hmm. or on the on resident evil 3 and for once i actually agreed with them which i <laughs> never do but sure. they were, they were kind of like this seems like a game that would have come out before re2 remake 100 yeah it just seemed like a game that had less and did less things and things that were going to ended up better in the RE2 mm-hmm. remake, except Which is, for the is so yeah. wild because that's exactly what Resident Evil 3 was to Resident Evil 2 last time. Mm-hmm. 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 It started out as a side game, and then they were just like, We'll just call this three. And it's like, It's not three. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you guys. This is not the third game. Yeah, in like a main entry. Yeah, I Code th- Veronica is the third. <laughs> game. Yeah, I, I, I like. I feel like I'm losing my mind. I'm like, why did you not call that three? Yeah, and I would say that like what three did have was the Nemesis system in place, mm-hmm. but when you put that in two, it really like knocks the legs out of three because then like three actually doesn't have right. Really, it has its locations that are unique. So let's talk about like what they removed because they removed the park, which to me was my favorite location from the mm. game from RE three, the original, and then they removed the clock tower, which was my third favorite location. Uh-huh. I'll tell you, every location I hate in every Resident Evil game, except for the two remake, is the mm-hmm. labs. <laughs> oh, really? I, I'm not a big like going into the lab guy. I don't love the labs. They're in every game, just about. And I'm like, uh, it's two remake gave me that that sterilization quality that mm-hmm. I I liked. But um, have I ever made this point? on one of these shows that like, I think that thematically all Resident Evils must begin in uh, a, a horrifying version of a situation we know and end in a lab. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of their formula, right? Well, I, I feel that like thematically, if we are in a mansion or a police station or a city and it's chaos, it's like, we don't know how to grapple with this, right? Mm-hmm. We, like the character, are just like, oh, there's so much going on and it's crazy and it's confusing. And then to pro- progress generally through some sort of disgusting area, like a sewer, mm-hmm. and then end up in a lab, it's it almost feels like you end up in a place where understanding happens. Like, you end up once you have full knowledge of what's going on, you end up in a place where knowledge is gained. I always yeah. thought that was like thematically very satisfying. I think, yeah. And I think that's probably the idea. If it wasn't a conscious 
like solution. It's what they okay. came up with through probably just working their asses off on the games that are just like, this is the best way to do it. Yeah. You start yeah. in like your apartment and you end in the most like cybernetic bizarre <laughs> situation. I, I did not love that they replaced like lab or I'm sorry. They replaced like uh sewers with park it seemed mm-hmm. like, or like, uh, I would have cl- much rather been in a park. Yeah. Or instead of in clock tower, it was like the tunnels. It was like, right. it was like, we, it was like they, they replaced it with more bland, like, um, re they reused assets from two, which was like yeah. the, yeah. And I, and I was like, I don't understand quite why they did that. Cause they, I bet they could have reused other assets from two <laughs> and just, <laughs> and just made a clock tower, you know, like well, it makes me wonder how much, uh, communication was going on between these two teams. Mm-hmm. Cause this is a different team that we know. No. Cause they were, working. is it really, well, they were being worked on simultaneously. I didn't know that. And I do remember in an article, them saying when the, when the Resident Evil 3 team first saw what the Resident Evil 2 team was doing to Mr. X, they were like, oh, you made him nemesis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they were like, and also I can see the line of thinking where you just make nemesis a scripted boss because that like, if you hadn't seen what 2 was doing, it's like, oh yeah, that feels logical. Yeah. Put him in. Right. Put, put him where he belongs. Versus like the two team figuring out this crazy dynamic way to put him in, but also he like fits their <sighs> settings so much more. That's mm-hmm. the other reason I think Nemesis is probably not a pursuer a ton because there really aren't any more settings where you're going back and forth. That's right. Cause it's all linear. Now, how did you feel about that? Because I remember in the original game, the city being sort of like the police station where it was, you were going back yeah. and forth a ton, but in this they, they, it's like, it's like they made a very conscious choice to be like, nope, when you're done with an area, you're done with it. Like, that's yeah. why you clear them out and then you're, and then you go. It's all about mobility, which I gotta say, a fucking blast to play. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it is like, there are frustrating moments of RE2 remake, and a lot of it is like, has to do with backtracking, right? It, it mm-hmm. also causes a lot of tension, but it, like, this game had none of that. It was like, it was like, go, 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 go. It was like, uh, not on rails necessarily, but it was like, it was like, it, was it like, is very, it is very linear in a way that like the first halo reminds me of its linearity. It's like, right. you're just pressing forward. Yeah. And it's so weird to do that to a game that is a, a sequel to a game that didn't do that. B a <laughs> remake of a game that's very specifically didn't do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the first half of the city in the original, like you have to get four items and you can do them in whatever order you want. And you're kind of just poking around the city. And then once you get the four items and start the subway train, you're off. Yeah. And it's the halfway point of the game. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it it also is the halfway point of the game in this one too. But it's just yeah. yeah, you're right. It's very point A to point B. Yeah, in a way that the two remake, the two original, and the three original yeah. were not. I'd say it, something that would help me with this game. I think have be a little bit more positive on it is if they added a free DLC that was a different. Like they basically added another campaign. Like they just used the same maps and stuff, but they added like 
you you do the opposite of the game where you play as Carlos. Mm. You know what I mean? Something like that. I don't know. It's something where I, I got more out of it because I'll say like my playtime for RE2 remake was like 15 hours, I, I want to say. And granted, you are replaying some of it when you're playing those other campaigns when like Claire and Leon are similar campaigns. Mm-hmm. But this game, it was, it, I clocked in and I took my time. I clocked in at five and a half hours. Yeah, me too. That is, and that is like short. Like that is, that is a Uncharted Lost Legacy short, <laughs> which was a $40 game at when it launched. Yeah. And this is uh, a $60 game. It, it is very short. And it's one of these, uh, things where it's just like the by nature of what they're doing it chews through the game faster yes if they're trying to do big explosion set pieces like that's going to take longer than coming back through the police station with your clover key yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) i i don't know i one of my favorite uh twitch streamers who's playing this game Mm -hmm. bakba soup Shout mm-hmm. out to Bakba Soup. Bakba Soup. His whole thing is like, he doesn't think anybody would have any problems with this game if once the subway crashes, you go to the mansion, or you go to the clock tower that functions as a mansion, mm-hmm. and do like two puzzles and are chased by the nemesis. And it's like, yes, that is, it's maybe an hour more of game, mm-hmm. but like nobody would be complaining about it. Oh right, yeah. No one, no one would be. Comp- oh, you mean no one would be complaining about RE three remake on as a whole? Or I think, oh, I think it would dissipate almost all the criticisms. Yeah, yeah. It, it would might. feel longer. It would be more nemesis. Um, it, and I think it, they it should have also like, it needs, it, like there are no puzzles in this game. No, really, there's which no. Is kind of a bummer. There's right. a couple of things you have to like solve in the moment, but there's very yeah. little. Well, because it's not about puzzles, right? It's like right. it's that was this to remake was about puzzles. This was about action, and I guess they're thinking like our mistake with RE three original was that we had too many puzzles. <laughs> like, yeah, probably because they wanted to make more of an action game at that point. And that's what you can kind of tell that like a lot of Resident Evil fans don't like four because it's such a departure and it's pure action. And then they went down that path forever. You can tell with three, they wanted to do that, but just didn't have the tools. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which is like, it's such a, uh, a bummer that like the thing <laughs> I love about this game only happened because they were incompetent and couldn't fulfill their <laughs> objectives. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I uh, think it's it, refreshing to see seven and two go back to it in such a big way. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, three. It's like there's always been this little strand of DNA in the Resident Evil series that wants to be Call of Duty, and that sucks. Like that's I, the worst part of it every time. And three to me is like as much Call of Duty as I could stomach in a Resident Evil game oh, versus yeah. six, which is all Call of Duty. Yeah, I like in three they literally have like. Every other character besides Jill is in a Call of Duty game. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, they're they're all like mercenaries for hire with assault rifles. I think that um what was I going to say? Fuck. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I like a short game. I, I I do. And I believe me, after 2 days when I was seeing credits, I was like awesome like i don't have to like i'm just i don't have to like do anything else that's great like i'm playing with super mario rpg right now and you know that's like a 17 hour game and i'm like oh my god it's like so long but uh you know i i think that i think that they're right about the clock tower i 
think that people under gravely underestimate how much fun that park is though. I would have, I would have taken the park in RE3 remake over the clock tower because i i like the snake boss i think they could i think they could have done the snake like they did that he he is a worm not to be sorry yes you're right you're right Uh, he is a worm because he burrows in the ground like yeah that's his whole function but i think that you know how they did the alligator in re2 remake Mm -hmm. they could have done the worm just the same just had a moment where we saw the worm and i'd have been like awesome right yeah so I think it's pretty clear that the Resident Evil 2 remake team is the A team and the Resident Evil 3 remake team is the B team. Because the Resident Evil 2 remake team talked about this. They were like, we almost cut the alligator because it Mm -hmm. doesn't fucking make sense. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's the dumbest thing in that game. But they found a way and they like put in the work to like acknowledge it, to do the alligator stuff, but also like to the best of their ability, they made it make sense within that world. They had Leon go kind of crazy afterwards. They mm-hmm. like, I feel like both of these games, their great strength is taking the gibberish that was the story of the first two <laughs> games and like grounding it and figuring out like, okay, if this is going to happen, how do the characters relate to this in a realistic way? Oh, yeah. How do we make them like, like they feel sturdy in a way that like in Resident Evil 3, you're just like, yeah, I guess Jill jumped off the bridge and now she's in the processing plant. It's like, <laughs> what does the processing plant mean? Yeah. I also think that the great, like the best changes that they've made in both 2 Remake and in 3 Remake is giving these characters objectives. Oh yeah. Oh, like yeah. In, the, in the first games, they're kind of just like trying to survive and that doesn't really mean anything. And then in the 2 Remake, Leon is told that getting the G-Virus will be the evidence to show that Umbrella is behind this. And so he's like, mm-hmm. okay, I need to get that so I can save the city. And Jill has the same thing. She needs to get this vaccine so she can save the city as opposed to just uh, moving forward generally. I think right. that that, like, in a story sense, uh, didn't ever click to me, but, like, that's a fundamental piece of storytelling yes. that's missing. I also love the choice to keep both endings of RE3 Remake and RE3 the same, where, like, where like at the when credits roll on RE3, it should always be that nothing that happened mattered. <laughs> <laughs> because like, yes. that's exactly how RE3 original ends, where it's like they uh-huh. blow up the city and nothing gained, nothing earned. <laughs> and just like in this, like even when even though she has the the vaccine, she has it in her hands. Nikolai mm-hmm. shoots it. And it's like, oh, that was such a good choice. Like yeah. everything you worked oh, hard yeah. for. Boom, gone, and like because that is that is in true keeping, I think, with the vibe of three, which was like this happened in a vacuum, and it almost if you said it wasn't canonical, I'd believe you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so in closing, um, I recommend this game, and I think I think it'll go on sale soon enough. I would say definitely don't buy it for sixty bucks unless you really want to play Resistance. I think you could buy it for forty in a week. I think it'll be on sale very, that very, very soon. Tracks. Yeah, uh, it was worth it for me to play it day one at nine PM because mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. But that's you know, yeah, I'm happy to give them more money. I would pay yeah. more money for this yeah. game yeah. than I paid for it because yeah. I love it. And but yeah, I understand that like. For anybody who's not into Resistance, which we should touch on quick, neither of us have tried in the base game. I have not tried it, but you played the beta. I played the beta a little bit and got a big headache. Because <laughs> it, it just didn't feel like... 
my bullets were doing anything. Like, yeah. I, I feel like, and, and actually, three has this a little worse than two. In two, it felt like every bullet, even if it didn't kill them, it like was affecting the zombies. Yeah, they're sponges in this. Yeah, and and they don't really react. And in resistance, it was atrocious because mm-hmm. they like didn't give you the tools you needed to fight any of the things. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Uh, I, so I don't know. Maybe this is like a great package. Like I'm going to try Resistance again. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I, I'm hearing a lot try of people it. liking it, and it feels it could be good. I yeah, know. I mean, you own it. You might as well try it. Yeah, right? it's yeah, there. It's, it's there. there. Yeah. Uh, what do you think is uh, so next on the docket? I'm. What do you want to What do you want to see first? An RE4 remake or a Code Veronica remake? I would rather see a Code Veronica remake. Yeah. I think that's the play, right? That's the way to go. I hope this. so. Yeah. They have to, I, right? Because that's... The, I don't even think I they need know. to remake 4. <laughs> <laughs> like, all, if they put a new... Like, if they put a new coat of paint on 4, I think that game is still, like... It's a third-person shooter in the way that every third-person shooter still is. Like, it invented the genre for, mm-hmm. you know... I would be fascinated to see if they were going to put a more horror spin on four. Sure. Uh, because that's another game that has a gibberish story. So it'd be fun to see them like justifying and grounding these characters a little more. But yeah, for the most part, four, I think is solid code Veronica. I would have had code Veronica remade before two and three, like code <laughs> Veronica needs a fucking remake. Yeah. That game is weird and bad. And like interesting it has a bunch of like interesting ideas but like code veronica in this engine with all of the madness that happens in that game would be very fun oh yeah i i would this was i I would uh, love to play well i i still i need to play code veronica that's going to be something that happens this year for me is like i I i've never played it all the way through but that Mm -hmm. is that is claire and chris right yeah yeah Mm mm-hmm and Steve. Steve, great. I don't know Perhaps Steve yet. Perhaps the most annoying character in a series <laughs> full of annoying characters. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, w- yeah. I agree with you. I would love to see a, a, an interesting version of 4. Like, I would love to see them try to do the Trying to do the president's daughter, <laughs> like, <laughs> like in this engine with these characters right. and these motivations and stuff, like that would be just so fun. It would also it would, be cool it, to see. We need Leon to be like a thousand times being like, "Wow, this is a pretty high stakes operation." Yeah, even without the president's daughter. Being <laughs> <involved>. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many characters in four, like the Napoleon guy. Yeah, that that would just be so much fun to see rendered and in, mm-hmm. in like this engine, but uh, and switched around and yeah. Oh yeah. Given yeah. sadder backstories, which I feel like they're really good at in these remakes. Oh yeah. One last thing we didn't mention. Kendo mm. is in three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doing the exact same thing he did in two. Yeah. Oh, just about. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah, he because I think his entrance is the exact same. Even like you go to the same place in the gun store, and he jumps around and aims at you, and is just like, "Oh, sorry about that, babe." And then yeah. continues on. Mm-hmm. Except no, except, I, uh, I, I could have stood with a kendo cut. He does not need to be here. There is nothing added to him. Yeah, but well, they had him from two, so they were like, "Well, we'll just reuse him yeah, because he's, he's in in there." And also, I think they think of uh, I think Capcom thinks of kendo. It imagines we okay. Let me, let me rephrase this. It imagines we like Kendo the way people like Boba Fett. 
<laughs> and it's just not true. He's it's not, not the case. He's not the Boba Fett of the series. He, he, yeah, fucking Jill, when she runs into him, is just like, we could use somebody with your skill set. It's like, what, retail? What are yeah, you talking exactly. about? He's just, a, he's just a man who owns a store. He's like a celebrity in that town. Yeah. And it's so crazy that, like, if you actually think of the implications of how popular Kendo is, imagine <laughs> a thriving metropolitan city where one of the biggest places to go to in the urban environment is the gun <laughs> store. <laughs> that is like that. The implications of that are insanity. It reminds me of uh, when growing up in Maple Grove, Minnesota, when they ordered or when they first opened a Krispy Kreme. Oh yeah, <laughs> there were just like lines around the block. <laughs> like people needed. I love that Raccoon City is just trying to get those H gun bullets. Oh, that's so funny. That's so great. I. We need a Banksy of that. Just a line around a, <laughs> around a gun store. Well, that's going to do it for the episode. I mean, we pretty much uh, we pretty much covered our Resident Evil 3 remake. Uh, yeah. Any, any closing thoughts? Did we talk? I, I feel like I, I brushed on it, but like I can't believe how much I love the choice to, not, not gameplay-wise, but story-wise, to make Nemesis just a goon. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even get to kill Brad. He no. doesn't kill any stars. No. He fucking sucks yeah. at his job, and it's so funny to me. And it's a choice I never would have expected, and I'm I'm just enamored by it. Yeah. It's so shocking to me. It was like the, it was like them making fun of you forever, thinking Nemesis was scary. Yeah, because yeah. he's truly like he in and of himself is truly not scary in a way that. I don't. I mean, I was. I jumped a few times playing this game because there were some good jump moments. Yeah. I, I, and I think that, like, those fucking spiders that stick their wieners inside oh. Jill's throat are, like, one of the worst things I've ever seen in a game. I, <laughs> I can't remember if I actually sent it to the group text we're on with all our video game friends or not, but I think that's the most disturbing thing I've seen in media. Yeah, I think so, too. I was yeah. so upset. I was not only upset with that on its own, but the fact that Jill was going into this with this fear of infection. Yes. And then she runs into a monster that impregnates her with bugs yes are you kidding me yeah i also love the choice that you know what fixes that green herbs <laughs> <laughs> right they have this whole mythology backstory that green herbs fix it. and i was like yeah of course green herbs fix it that's how things get fixed in this universe yeah yeah that's that's just that is midi chlorians at this point that's everything <laughs> I, yeah we know. I think that that is that is i equally think that that is an interesting choice for nemesis to have been so in in such a goofy action story kind of way, like mm-hmm. he's not scary. And which at that point, I'm like, well, then have him like, which I guess he does take down a plane at one point or or a uh, helicopter anyway, right? Oh yeah, he takes yeah. up that helicopter. Yeah, early. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that was that is a good that's a good way to handle Nemesis mm-hmm. is to make him goofy, bumbling, and just a. Uh, like well, like a a, a a a force of nature sort of thing where he's mm-hmm. not smart. Like Mister X seemed smart. Like he would mm-hmm. go hide and wait. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Nemesis seems like just like he's he's giving it all he he has mm-hmm. at this moment. And it's not much. Yeah, it's not much. <laughs> I also just love in these games if you get to a save room. They have to turn around and walk right away. They cannot follow you in there. 
so how good. great there was that story that came out like a couple months ago that nemesis was going to be able to follow you into safe rooms and it turned out not to be the case it was just whoever was writing it thought they were in a safe room but it was just like moon donuts or something oh gosh and i just i wish that was the case i wish we were just always well i mean that would imply that there was more nemesis stalkering but yeah if it happened <sighs> but they could that's the thing about the scripted events that i think no one else is actually saying is that they could have scripted better events too. Like it's not just that it's scripted. It's that they, they could have scripted an event where you go into a save room and it was a psych out and like nemesis just jumps in the room, tears it all to hell. And then you keep running like a false. That's something that they've always weirdly kept like sacred in resident evil games. Yeah. The safe rooms never have any, there was only one time that they, um, in the original games, like broke a door load. There's like one door in the police station in original Resident Evil 2 that you open and zombies come out in that scene. And it's cool and scary, but it's just like the, the, like, again, the rules of the universe are such that like, if you are in a safe room, nothing can touch you. Right. And And yeah, someday they're going to break that, I assume. And that will be very scary, but they haven't done it yet. And I would like them to. Yeah. I mean, there's a moment... I mean, this is in the clock tower, but there's a moment in RE3 original where where you're running past a... Like, the wreckage of a on-fire something, and it's it's on a wall, and it's like to get to a safe room. And you run by it the first time, and nothing happens, and you run by it again, nothing happens. But then, like, it's random because it's a Nemesis event, but at some point, Nemesis can just jump clear from the darkness out Uh of that fire. And and pursue you and it's like i i remember that moment that's like kind of i have this specific fear i feel like the movie zodiac was good at it mm. where a lot of the scenes were just like characters doing their thing and just in the background approaching from afar very yeah. slowly not a jump scare but just like something coming from afar to you and there's yeah. nothing you can do that to me is so scary and that i think is as close as nemesis ever got right yeah, and I mean that that moment is so great and powerful because he's because he's still an action movie villain. Like he's still <laughs> jumping like with his saw saws for hands. <laughs> like at that point, like whatever it is, but it's still also like, oh my gosh, I I didn't even know graphically the PlayStation One could <laughs> have a character <laughs> behind those burning bushes or whatever so it it was really effective you know this could have had a moment like that where you're just running by and then suddenly nemesis comes out it just felt every time nemesis came out it almost felt like wailing guitar solos preluded him (laughs) his arrival but um i I will i will say the moments that we did get with him are cool oh yeah i really really love that rocket launcher sequence i love the bridge sequence too oh the the bridge sequence is all together mm-hmm. lovely well yeah the rocket launcher sequence is great i i think the yeah there's just so much so much to love there and like the scene you showed me where nemesis just standing outside of a store looking at you uh, is fucking what is that an easter egg like what what did you find <laughs> that's where you get that third jewel for the uh jewel puzzle yeah but why is he just standing outside <laughs> well because that's a uh not a safe room, but like a story room. Oh, that there is was, so there awesome. There was that in like in uh, Resident Evil Two, also where like uh, Nemesis couldn't come into like those interrogation rooms or Nemesis, uh, Mister X. They're like those interrogation rooms that had you know the fancy box or whatever. 
And that to me, I thought was like, I remember thinking he's going to come in here. But then the fact that he didn't told me that like, oh, then Mr. X must be scripted. And so then I ran around the police station some more and then he got me again. Like, yeah, there were those limits to him that they didn't really articulate very clearly that added to the suspense of him. Mm hmm. I think that if we hadn't, you're right, uh, or I guess kind of funny was right. If we had played this game first and then got two, this would blow me away. This was yeah. like, I, I, like I w- if I didn't know that Nemesis could have been dynamic, I think these Nemesis encounters would be beautiful and I would love them. <laughs> but because yeah. I know what could be and how scary that is and how it like changed the gameplay in 2 Remake... It's a little, it's a bit of a letdown. This game is a B plus to me, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, to me, it's, it's a B plus also. Whereas Resident Evil 2 was like a S ranking. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like it was, it, Resident Evil 2 is like on another level. And I think RE3 is just like, like it was, it's so, it's so hard to rationalize that things were cut for story or mm-hmm. for making sense because yeah. they were cut for budget. They were cut for time. They were they mm-hmm. like, inst- like the things that were cut were replaced with reusable assets of boring locations. So it's like, yeah, yeah it's not really like that, you know? It, right. And I think to me that reeks of like, you know, budget gaming or like, uh, you know, I, I don't know, but, but all in all, I think what we have here, that is different and that was it added as truly something remarkable and everyone should yeah everyone should definitely play this game because it's like if you at all care about resident evil 3 who ever thought this was gonna fucking happen like who in a million years thought yeah. they were gonna remake resident evil 3 well just in terms of how long it took us to like i remember eight nine years ago being like well we got a resident evil 1 remake do the 2 remake and like uh, I talked about it on the Call Me By Your Game podcast with Connor, uh, like p- posting on my Facebook about how like this is a cause that my grandfather cared deeply about, and linking to a change.org petition to get Resident Evil Two remade. <laughs> it was such an effort by like the fan community. Like Capcom pretty clearly didn't want to do it, and they ended up using it as an excuse to like try out something new in their engine that they fell in love with. Yeah. And like to think that we would get three remake a year later after the nine years we spent with that, it's just like it's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts that, it's that would happen. So awesome. Yeah. And we can only pray that we have a Code Veronica remake March twenty twenty one on its thirteenth birthday. I don't know. I don't know how old, I don't know how old that game is. Um McCaller, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. This was truly Absolutely. a pleasure. Uh, I love doing these. I cannot wait. We're gonna do the Final Fantasy VII remake episode uh, uh <laughs> this week. It's it's gonna be a blast. I'm wait, is that out? I, that is out in four days, my good man. Wow. Yeah. In my four God. days we will know what's in that game. What <laughs> what they've been hiding from us. <laughs> Like it's a like it's an old CIA document from the 1960s that were just now has got under public domain. <laughs> it uh, leads to like the treasure of DB Cooper. Yes, <laughs> turns out they really were watching Hemingway the whole time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to play that. And
and uh, talk more about video games while I am forced to sit here shackled to my radiator. <laughs> I don't think yeah. I'm doing quarantine right. I've shackled myself to my radiator. Like, uh, no, you really, really uh, quarantined. Yeah, I'm quarantined in a way that like it, you're it, the <laughs> only one doing quarantine, right? <laughs> uh, McCuller, what do you have to plug before we get out of uh, here? I'm going to stream Resident Evil 3 on twitch.tv slash Michael McCuller. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I think, is my new schedule. Oh, great. So you're doing it, uh, well, they won't know this tonight, yeah. but you will be well, doing I, it. Well, I'm it's starting next week, Monday. But so like, starting uh, next, okay, well, that, well yeah. that would actually be uh, in four days. So this releases yes. on this Friday. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. Uh, Monday the 13th. Awesome. Yeah. We'll start, we'll start streaming. Not even just Resident Evil's. I think I got to open it up to more games. But What? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> uh, Resident know? Evil Gaiden. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, like I was, we were talking about Mario RPG. I was thinking that would be a fun game to play wow. on stream because I know it and love it, but yeah. also not like super intimate with it. Right. So making my whole thing with Twitch, I'll talk about this for a second. Yeah. Nobody's making wisecracks on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Twitch is all either like the best gameplay people ever or just like fun personalities that you like to hang out with. Nobody's mystery science theatering video games no. on Twitch. And l- let's change that. Yeah. It's like everyone's being too professional. Like they're being yeah. t- like, I don't need to know like which that Mario's overalls were actually just one pixel. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I want you to make fun of, I want you to imagine what would happen if his overalls fell down at a, <laughs> at his prom. <laughs> uh, God, you'd be so good at it. He, yeah, I know. I, I, I need to get into it. I don't know how I know how to make, I have a capture card. I know how to make videos. I don't really know how to stream. I need to figure all that out. And then I'm, and then I'm in business, baby. Also, I'll pitch, I'll uh, pitch Connor McCabe's streams. He's been doing Ocarina of Time and it's been, you know, it's been fun to watch. I've been really enjoying it. He's doing it for charity. I think Mm -hmm. that he's, I, I don't think he'll be done with the game by the time this releases, but maybe he will i actually have no idea i think he does it every day he might be done with the game by this but he'll be starting majora's mask i think is the next one he's gonna do oh good yeah i need to see somebody play that game me too yeah and the the twitch urls uh connor mccabe you can find twitch.tv slash cons is cool c-o-n-z is cool 69 69 69. yeah and then i'm on twitch.tv slash michael mccaller and I'm on twitch.tv slash Ocarina of Crime. <laughs> Are you? That is true. I am that on, on Twitch. Oh, that is your username. That yeah, I guess I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, and you can follow me on Twitter at that same username, at Ocarina of Crime. And you can follow the show on Twitter at VGA Comedy Show. And with that, uh, you know... Uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, uh, to stay, stay out of the... Uh, stay inside. You know, yeah, be safe. Be safe. safe. Yeah, it's a pandemic out there. Both your house is your safe room. Yes, and out there there is a stalker known as the coronavirus. Yes, your your typewriter is your dog named Lily. Uh, mm-hmm. Your your uh, item box is your girlfriend named Jackie. Uh, <laughs> your uh, yes, there are green your- herbs that are just actually uh, video games. Be- video games. Perfect. Great. All right, bye.